This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, listeners, today's episode includes a brief mention of suicide, so we wanted to let you know to take care while listening. Criminality, the podcast we created because loving reality TV isn't a crime. Melissa, hello. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you in person-ish. Yeah, you know, as much as we yeah. can. Yeah, we're still. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you feel like you're coming out of the scandal? Are you still in it? How are you feeling? Are you over it? Where are we at? I'm at the point where I'm I'm still processing my emotions. Yeah. I listened to a one and a half hour podcast by our friend Ryan, Ryan Bailey where he broke down the trailer. So I'm still, I would consider that still like working through the steps. What yeah, about that's you? great. How did I miss that? Um, yeah, I think I'm where you are. It's coming at me less, you know, less frequently. There's not as much coming out, which is good. I think we all needed to like breathe and yeah. drink some water and recalibrate but um you know it's not helping or it is helping that the new episodes are coming out every Wednesday there's a lot there so I am very much like my week feels centered around Wednesday nights um so I'm still in it but I like how you described it and I'm definitely going to listen to the trailer breakdown because wow the the layers yeah yeah he apparently has slides going on behind his head like on the YouTube I didn't do the YouTube I was like walking and listening but I can picture it because I watched the trailer 72 times in a row how can you not I know and so he has some good theories and we love him so that was that was a lot of fun to listen to so I'm in it but I'm I'm just waiting for the next thing to drop like something's gonna happen right not not there like in the world of yeah and you know what but reality world in the reality world, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. Something that hopefully the whole world's not talking about because that's not yeah. good news. <laughs> um, but this is actually going to come up in today's story. Ooh. So maybe we should just get into it if you're ready. Let's do it. Okay. I am so glad that Juan Dixon is not here right now. And can I just say me too, Robin? Me too. <laughs> because when I set out to do this story, I really wasn't sure. Is this going to be a Robin Dixon story, a Juan right. Dixon story, or a Juan and Robin Dixon story? After all, they both check quite a few boxes when it comes to our criminality criteria. Here's the breakdown. One, extramarital affair, check. Default on mortgage and taxes, check, check. Fired from job, check. Another cheating scandal, check. So yeah, I'm glad he isn't here because I don't think he's going to love this episode. (laughs) But our friend Robin isn't going to get off entirely scot-free either. On her side of the list, we have filed for bankruptcy, check. Being sued for trademark violation, check. Shielding unflattering truths about her life from airing during filming, then releasing them behind a paywall of her podcast, check. We're yeah. going to get into it. So when we meet Robin and Juan Dixon on season one of Real Housewives of Potomac, which, by the way, thanks for telling me to watch it. Do you remember that I, when we started the show I hadn't yet? Yeah, I feel like it's more of a bullying thing. Like when people tell me <laughs> thank you now, I actually 
have like a little bit of guilt because I know I didn't like suggest it one time. I probably just didn't shut up until you watched it. You wore me down just like you did on Sister Wives and I'm better for it. And that's why I can sincerely look you in the eye and say thank you. Word for word, I was going to say you, you're better for it. So <laughs> same wavelength here. Perfect. That's Let's not keep good going. for you. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> remains to be seen. So we meet them the year is 2016. I'll leave it at that. Wow. It's been four, I know, four years since their divorce, but the couple still shares a home and a bed. And of course, their two beautiful sons, Carter mm-hmm. and Corey. So we meet them on TV, but their story starts long before in my favorite decade, the 90s, when they were still in high school. Juan played basketball for a school that was the arch rival of Robin's high school. So he his team would come to play her team and play at her gym oh. and they would notice each other, but they wouldn't see each other outside of those games. So it was only like his away games at her school. It was like a real Romeo and Juliet type situation. No kidding. But eventually they both like finally approached each other. And I, one of them said to the other, I can't remember, I should, um, I think I've seen you here before, which is like you know, corny, but mm-hmm. cute. And they started dating and they dated all through high school and all through college. And they went to college together. So Juan played college, um, which is a D1 school, University of Maryland. And the team was at its best during Juan's four years there, in part because of his talent. Yeah. He led them to their first ever final four. That is um, the last four games of a very important <laughs> or conference. I want to apologize right now to college basketball fans. I get it. Like, I think basketball is exciting, but I'm not like a big college basketball sure. fan or basketball person. So there's going to be some things that are left out because it's not my world <laughs> and I don't understand. Sure. And I had to like look up ACC, but Aww. now I know what it is. It's the Atlantic Coast conference, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to this day, though, Juan is still the University of Maryland's highest scoring men's player in history. Whoa. Like, he's kind crazy. of a big deal. I know. Yeah. I had this moment doing this story where I'm like, you, it's like when you were watching um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and uh, you realize David Foster has like an actual career. Right. And for no reason at all, we see Jamie Lee Curtis and you're like, hey, you don't belong here. You're about to it, win an Oscar. Why are exactly. you a part it's of like this? Exactly. It's like these verifiably like talented successful people mm-hmm. but we're like no that's that's Robin's husband yeah <laughs> um, but no he was like a very starting in college a very Whoa. well-known and successful athlete also um Real Housewives of Miami Julia's wife is Martina Navratilova the very famous tennis star like, hold on didn't yes. know that oh my gosh when I started watching Miami I'm like excuse me like I mean, my mom was a huge tennis person, so okay. she's on my, she, I knew her name and I'm right. like, that's Julia's wife. Yeah. I just read it's an her. article about her today. Had no idea. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't started Real Housewives of Miami Please. and you haven't bullied me enough. Okay. That's what it is. Writing that down. I'm adding that to my list tomorrow to start bullying Melissa about watching <laughs> Miami because don't, you, people do not sleep on Potomac and do not sleep on Miami. It is so good, especially this season. Go watch it. Peacock. Okay. Okay, back to one highest scoring men's player in history. Robin also attended University of Maryland, so they dated all through college, and she studied business marketing, which she would eventually put towards a career in PR before other things took off. We'll get there. Not surprisingly, Juan was drafted to the NBA. We, of course, know this when Potomac starts, that he was a former NBA player. And this happens right after college, and after three years on his first team, the Washington Wizards, Juan and Robin get married for the first time. 
and they officially begin their life together, which would come to include a lot of career highs and lows, financial wins and losses, and shady behavior brought into the light. So Melissa, when you think of Robin and Juan, what comes to mind? Well, at first, just this like love story, teenage sweethearts. He had a maybe a rougher childhood growing up. He was close to her family. And like, I rooted for them. I've always rooted for them. Yeah. Anything else? (laughs) Oh, cheating. Cheating for sure. Um, Lots of cheating. Thank you. Like you said, they were high school sweethearts. He was close to her family because he lost his parents, both of them. Um, They both died of AIDS. So he was raised by extended family. He had family around him, but not his mom and dad. And like you said, the cheating, it's a big part of their relationship because when we meet them, it's not a secret that that had happened in their past, caused the divorce, and yet they were still in this kind of partnership under one roof. I think it's important to hear in Juan's own words, his perspective on the cheating. This is at the season two reunion, so we're jumping ahead a little bit. So you can go ahead and play that clip. So what what do you think it would take to get there? I have no idea, You have no idea. (laughs) You just gotta work at it. Do you still carry guilt for cheating? Do I regret how I handle my marriage? Yes. Um, but I'm not going to let you paint the picture like it was all on Juan Dixon, okay? Both of us was in that marriage, all right? So there's two sides to every story. Now, if you've got Ashley Darby sitting next to, I heard somebody call Michael Darby milk, milky eyes, and I can't <laughs> stop thinking He's been that. called a lot of things. Yeah. But if you've got him sitting next to, or if you've got Ashley looking at you like, oh, this isn't good, you're in trouble, girl. Yeah, exactly. Also, a third person reference about yourself. Yeah. A bit of a red flag to me. I, and I don't double love names. Yeah. Juan I, Dixon, I don't Juan love Dixon. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's no secret Juan had this affair, but instead of breaking up and living separately, which we see all the time, or reconciling and saying, hey, we're working on it, they just get divorced, but don't change anything else. And so viewers and castmates were pretty rightfully confused by how Robin and Juan chose to operate and live their life. But it never really seemed to bother Robin. I think maybe it did more than she said, but at least from what she showed in the show, it didn't get to her. In fact, her first season tagline was, I don't have a cookie cutter life and I'm not apologizing for it. But their romantic, yeah, I mean, there you go. Their romantic relationship is just one piece of their life that we see plowed on the show. Let's talk about the financial aspect of their life because that's going to really kind of be the driving force for a lot of things that later go wrong. It's kind of the other through line, I would say, in their story. Okay. So you would think, or at least I did, that after eight seasons of an NBA career, there could be some financial stability. But unfortunately, Robin and Juan lost everything. And a lot of what we see on the show is them trying to build it back. So after his NBA career ended, Juan really floundered as he tried to figure out what to do next. And unfortunately, even at the level of success he achieved, he learned there's just no guarantees. And we see this in stories you and I cover. People can experience fame and wealth. And depending on a lot of variables, it doesn't always last that long. And for professional athletes, it's just no longer enough to play pro. You have to be the best, the star player on the best team. You have to get endorsement deals. And Juan didn't really have that. But eight years is so long to be, I don't know, they have to, 
I know it's a lot of work. It's a lot of off season. It's all the time. Yeah. And for eight years, you think you'd be pretty steady, even if you weren't the best player on the team. I don't know. It, that is just kind of wild to me. A hundred percent. But there is something that happened that might make this make more sense. Okay. So he didn't have these endorsement deals. He wasn't the star of the team like he was in high school and college. He didn't play for the top tier NBA teams. But what he did have was a friend from college who said, I can invest all your money so that your financial future will be totally taken care of. And if you remember when Robin shared really emotionally with the women of the cast, like they lost everything and that they had to file for bankruptcy and significantly downsized because their friend stole their money. Yeah. You remember this? Oh yeah. Cause it's like one of the few times I remember Robin, like fully emotional, like where you're seeing, seeing yes. her breakdown in real time. It's like that first quote we heard mm-hmm. where she was really angry. Yeah. And this time like and true emotion. When she went after somebody with a, an umbrella, was it Candace? I think so. And I was going to say butter knife, but that was Candace. <laughs> so yeah, yes, I think it, Yeah. <laughs> I think Umbrella was Robin going after Candace while singing happy birthday. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Sounds right. And actually, it was a listener. We reached out to our listeners on social a while ago asking, like, what are episodes you want to hear? And someone was like, who stole the Dixons money? So thank you to whoever that was because I added it to my list a while ago. But I'm finally now investigating the story because it is a great question. But to answer where the money went, we have to go back to the University of Maryland for a minute. So Juan was friends with this teammate named Earl Badu, and Earl's parents were immigrants from Ghana, and they had come to Maryland to build a better life, and Earl was just like walking proof of it. Right. So as I said, Juan was truly the star of the basketball team at Maryland and just a standout player. On the other hand, Earl was kind of the underdog. He was talented enough to walk on the team and make it, but he spent most games on the bench. He was known for his bright smile and positive attitude. And he was kind of a crowd favorite, even though he wasn't even close to being a star player. He just, he was actually on the bench most of the time, but people just loved him because he had that, he just exuded that warmth and positive energy. So he was an asset to the team, even though he didn't actually perform all that much. By the end of his senior year, he'd only played in three games for a total of less than 30 on-court minutes in his whole college career. Whoa. But he still showed, I know, I know. Like- I, I mean, perseverance is not a gift I was given. Um, <laughs> I need a little more return on my investment of time. I like that you're referring to it as a gift. Like you're like, I can't even attempt to have perseverance. It needs to be given to me. So yes, even the yes. idea of perseverance. <laughs> right. It's not something I can dig deep and find. It is a gift and that's it for you. <laughs> that's right. It's very, very telling. Um, but he just showed up, he showed up to practice, he showed up to games and he never complained. And he really showed up on the final game of the 2002 ACC when the, I know, um, when the university of Maryland Terrapins, they go by the Terps that I knew because we visited with one of my kids, um, the university of Maryland and they have a big turtle. Yeah. Um, probably everybody knows this. Everyone's like, Rebecca, we all know the Terps. No, no, no. We're, Um, we've been talking about Scandaval for a while. What, like. Let's know our audience. Some people do, but let's not assume everyone does. Okay, fair, fair. Thank you. Feel a little better. So they were playing their rival, University of Virginia Cavaliers, in the final game of the conference. And now keep in mind, 
To this point, Maryland is undefeated this season. So it's the last night of the conference, which actually means it's one and all of the seniors last night of playing their college career. So it is just a huge night. It's a home game for Maryland. It's in their, not an arena. Home court? Gymnasium? Oh. Yes, court. <laughs> court I like advantage. gymnasium. I liked arena. Um, so it was a big deal. And I want you to check out this clip. It's not great audio because it's over 20 years old, but it's from the gym where this game happened. And I want you to feel the energy and hear what happened that night. Three minutes total for the whole year I'm talking about. This year this guy had played in a total of three games in his career. Well, hopefully this will be four because it would be fitting to put him in the game. And there he goes. There he comes. I'm gonna stand up and get stand up and give him an ovation too when he comes in. Here he comes. The commentators spend several minutes talking about Earl's story, essentially what I've already shared with you, and they talk about how they hope the coaches put him in for this final monumental game. Wait, Rebecca, he's gonna be the villain. Not exactly. It's a f- more like a fallen hero. Stay with me. The crowd went wild, right? They put they him did. in. And you guys can't see the video, but the coach is like, Earl Badu, like you're going in. And he literally like points to himself like, me? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he takes off his warm up sweatshirt and he's got his jersey on. And he really doesn't look, I made him sound more like unprepared. He was like, me? Okay. And like, he was out there and it was yeah. like, he was born for this moment. So then go to the next moment because if you put this kid in, all you can do is hope that you know what is going to happen. So play the next clip. They're going to try to get him the basketball. Here he is. Badoo. Between the legs. Now to the right. Down the yes, it's good. It's good. They should have been playing him Okay, that gave me chills. I'd be lying if I said I did not fully cry. I mean, you don't have to be a sports person, a basketball person. Those moments in games, there's just nothing better. So he scores two points and you hear the commentator going, it's good, it's good. And like, I'm dying because he's the hero and people are putting signs up that have his name on them. It's like just complete ruckus and wild cheering. It's the best. But Earl's life would tragically end just 10 years later, and the answer to what happened to Juan and Robin's money would go with him. I'm going to tell you all about it after a quick break from this week's sponsor. While Bethany is sitting on her high horse with the reality reckoning, I too am sitting on my high horse after this week's round of amazing, delicious, ready-to-eat meals that I received from Factor. Thanks to Factor, my lunches have been taken care of, really. I'm someone who can pretty solidly stick to making my breakfast every day. I eat the same boring thing every day, which is yogurt, and at dinner I prepare something for myself and the family. But during the day, I really tend to eat whatever is around or whatever I just pick up on the go. And honestly, a lot of times that's not great. But thanks to Factor, I can eat amazing chef-crafted fresh meals in under two minutes. We're talking over 35 different options to choose from 
from every week that include things like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, as well as Keto. On top of that, they also offer delicious things for breakfast or midday bites like pancakes, smoothies, and more for days when I'm just sick and tired of my yogurt. This week, I had the most incredible meals, more than I can even count, and one I can't shut up about is the shredded chicken and loaded mashed potatoes with mushroom gravy, smoked cheddar, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. So, so good. And on top of that, the only work I had to do was throw it in the microwave for two minutes. Two minutes. And while I'm not a big microwave girly, this doesn't taste like a microwave meal because it isn't. These meals are dietitian approved and chef-crafted, never-frozen meals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off. Life is full of mysteries like what am I going to eat today? Or how do these Love is Blind producers keep picking these men? And if you love mysteries like we do, then you got to try June's Journey, the game that'll have you sleuthing your way around the globe with June Parker. You'll be uncovering hidden objects and solving mind-boggling cases in no time. As you advance through each level, delve into June's family scandals for your dose of drama once Love is Blind is over. June's family drama is the perfect way to satisfy my craving for mess. But amidst the drama, stay alert because danger lurks around every corner. Utilize your skills to crack the case before time slips away. With stunning graphics, captivating sound effects, and a compelling storyline, June's Journey stands as the ultimate mystery game. I'm currently in Chapter 5, and one of the most enjoyable aspects of the game is the story within the story. While I'm unraveling the mystery behind June Parker's sister's death, I'll also encounter hundreds of puzzles along the way. I like to turn to June's journey to unwind after a long day or just to kickstart a lazy one. Grab your detective hat and get ready to solve the case right at your fingertips. Discover your inner detective when you download June's journey for free today on iOS and Android. Okay, so as I mentioned, Juan was drafted to the NBA from college, but Earl wasn't, which isn't surprising, right? Given right. what I told you. He had plans to go to law school. He applied. He even got in, but it doesn't seem like he went for very long. And from what I read, Earl seemed very fixated on making money and more specifically, like get rich quick schemes. Okay. He wanted the security that he just didn't have growing up. He wanted it for himself and for his family. And I imagine this is not anything I read, but just putting yourself in his shoes, like it would probably be really hard to see your teammates go on and continue oh, to play yeah. pro and you don't. And Juan and him were best friends. They also um, knew each other from high school. Juan is the one who said, walk on and audition, try out for, I don't think you auditioned, try out for um, <laughs> Marilyn's team. <laughs> I'm really showing myself tonight. So I think that was difficult for him, but yeah. he tries to find his way and he begins networking and he befriended this uh, alumni of University of Maryland who'd become a successful chiropractor who donated to a lot of charities and political causes in Maryland. And this doctor, Dr. Cornfield, was older. So he became a bit like a mentor to Earl. And they developed this sweet kind of mentor friendship. And Dr. Cornfield hired him to babysit his kids. And they grew close. Eventually, Earl approached Dr. Cornfield with a business opportunity. He wanted him to invest in a company called Clearwire Corporation. I don't know what it was. This was like 2006 or seven, so it was probably some early. It could be anything. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The name is generic enough that it could mean anything. Uh, but he said it's about to go public and that the return on the investment will be really good and really quick. 
Dr. Cornfield was hesitant. He was saving for his kids' college funds, but the idea of a short-term ROI was appealing and he believed in Earl. And again, this goes to who Earl was, like people right. loved and trusted him and rooted for him. Mm-hmm. So he gave Earl, wait for it. Well, how much do you think he gave him? I mean, I want to say $10,000, but I feel like it's more than $100,000. It's six figures. Yeah, it's 300000 Oh, <gasps> 300 Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Cornfield. Also, should have been a chiropractor. <laughs> no kidding. It took Earl longer than he said it would, but the company did go public. However, the company's stock also fell pretty immediately, and Dr. Cornfield was like, I want out. Earl's like, don't worry, I'll get your money back but there's a hold on it. It's like an investment hold thing. And so it'll take six months. And he's like, okay, well, he never got the money back. And later on, Dr. Cornfield discovered that Earl never invested the money in the first place. And nobody knows where it went. There was an investigation. He can't account for it. So in 2010, he's forced to sue Earl for $300,000. And this is a really sad part that I had no idea that happened. And I probably wouldn't have chosen this story But investigators looking into this believed that this debt and the lawsuit were part of the reason why Earl Badu took his own life on September 27th, 2012, 10 years after, 10 years and a few months after that, that amazing game. And I want to call out the article where I learned a lot about this. It is so good. And if you want more details on his tragic, tragic death, it's too sad to go into here, but more about who Earl was. Um, SB Nation is Sports Blog Nation by Michael Graff. It was written in 2013, but beautiful story and coverage of Earl's life. Okay. It's where I learned this story. I just wanted to highlight it. It'll be in the show notes. So let's go back to why we're all here, which is Potomac. Apparently, Robin and Juan had also trusted Earl with a significant amount of their wealth. I can't find any confirmed stats of how much or what year, but it was likely in the hundreds of thousands. So in addition to them losing their money, they lost their dear, dear friend. I mean, he was a groomsman in their wedding. Oh, wow. And Juan has never publicly commented on this story, but he's been asked a lot. I'm sure. It's just such a tragedy. And it's such a tragedy. And it also makes me view their financial hardships differently because if they were just starting from such a like negative, you know, that's not like, there might've been a series of poor decisions as well, but that really is out of their control. And they were starting, I mean, you just- you're starting from lower than the bottom at that point. Well, and if you think about when you're coming into money and stuff, and I mean, I don't know this, but I'm just thinking for other people, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust people that have been with you all along. So of course you're going to trust your best friend. Why else would they want to do anything that, you know, could hurt you? I'm not saying that his intention was to hurt anyone. No, it probably wasn't. It was probably, he was incredibly hopeful and he was a smart guy he got into law school. He was college educated. He probably thought he could figure it out. Yeah. yeah. That's just the worst part is that I don't think he was like an evil mastermind. Yeah. But yeah, I think we see this in a lot of our stories as you trust kind of your inner circle and the people from mm-hmm. back home, because you think that's better than like the big, scary, actual lawyers and finance right. people and whatever. Yeah. I know. Oh, and that's it's hard. And so then they rough. lost their front. Oh, that's. I know. Dang it, Rebecca. (laughs) I am really sorry. I had no idea. But this explains Robin's breakdown about it, right? Totally, yeah. It's really fueled by actual grief. So it would be five years after some struggle that Robin finally decides they have to declare for bankruptcy. They can't really avoid it. So she claimed $217,000 of debt and said that they earned just $2,000 monthly and that her debts included $150,000 to a mortgage company, almost $29,000 in car payments, and forty dollars in credit card debt. But as I've said, 
they try to rebuild. And the life of a former pro athlete is difficult. One's goal is to be a head coach at a D1 school someday, preferably University of Maryland, his alma mater, but he has a lot to do before he gets there. But before he officially puts his like focus on becoming a coach, Juan tries to pursue basketball playing one more time. So he goes to Europe to try to join a European team. And I've heard of this. That happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or people that maybe did not make it into the NBA or they were like a last draft, they'll go play in Europe. One of the losers on Married at First Sight did this. One of my least favorite of all time. Yeah. He played, he played overseas. Perfect. So you understand. So he, I, I'd like heard of it. You seem to know a lot more about it than I do, but I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Apparently he had a full on girlfriend at the time because not Robin, but a woman went over there with him uh, to Greece and it was looking really good for him to make the Greek team. But unfortunately he failed a drug, a routine drug test. He tested positive for steroids, which he denies being on. So you can take that for what you will. This whole episode is not going to be about was he or was he on steroids? I don't know, but he says he wasn't. Um, could there have been something in like a protein powder or a medication that I have no idea. I literally don't know. This is off script. He was probably on (laughs) steroids. (laughs) Listen to you. You can persevere. You persevered right through that. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I mean, he failed a drug test. I feel like those are pretty unequivocal. Here I am reaching. I know you're like, maybe a protein powder. (laughs) I'm rewatching Vanderpump Rules if you can't okay. tell. I've got Jack's protein powder on the brain. His eyes just wide as can <laughs> be. Like, I'm not on drugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a chocolate protein. <laughs> yeah. So the International Basketball League, because that's a thing, says you can't play. You're suspended for a year. You can't do anything. So he basically has to wait it out a year. Then he goes to Turkey, makes the team, plays for one season. Doesn't really go anywhere. Nobody really picks him up or notices. So he goes back home, I guess not with the girlfriend, because he moves back into the house with Robin. And they are once again determined to rebuild a life and reach his goal of becoming a head coach. So unfortunately, that too would end up being fraught with scandal, but not before Robin gets her chance in the spotlight as she becomes a real housewife in 2016. Like any good housewife, Robin capitalizes on the success she's experiencing on the show and she launches a business may recall a little baseball cap brand big storyline for her called embellished but are you going to mention her dump trucks that she also tried to do she tried to convince us she had a a truck like a cargo i think it was dump trucks was it something that it might not have been dump truck i swear joe gorga did the exact same thing but i was like is this the new storyline on housewives are we all getting dump trucks i thought we were getting bbls yeah, that didn't make Different it into my story. She also had a brief stint um, flipping homes and like a real estate oh, license. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot. But I'm going with embellished because um, it love can't fit at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we love embellished. But I prefer, I can't remember if it was Giselle or Karen, but they called it embezzled by accident once. And I just thought, oh, the four shadowing. Be it had to be I Karen. I think it was Karen. <laughs> I think it was Karen, except it was kind of unexpected, which might make it Giselle, but someone True. will remember. I can't. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for Robin, unfortunately for us, it seems embellished is legitimately scam free so far. Oh, good. Um, And people may be like, what's embellished? Well, it's just baseball caps with designs. Nothing new, except that she lined them with satin, which better protects women's hair, specifically African-American hair, because the ladies all told Andy, you have no idea how hard like baseball caps are on our hair, like our edges and like the texture of our hair. So 
they're actually quite innovative, even though they're just baseball caps, they're, they're more. I somehow found myself on Reddit because of course I did, and there were a surprising number of glowing comments about Robin's hats. The original poster of um, this thread I was on said, my friend who doesn't even watch Real Housewives snagged me an embellished hat as a surprise. It's crazy high quality. To which someone commented, yeah, I know you're looking skeptical, like it's Robin. <laughs> yeah, does it say not Robin Dixon? as the No, <laughs> she has a selfie on it and she's wearing okay. one. And then someone wrote, I'm pleasantly surprised by how nice it is. Robin making hats greater than Robin flipping houses. <laughs> but the best comment was, Brooks Marks could never. <laughs> <laughs> He's a one trick pony. He could yeah, never. All tracksuits all the time. So throughout the show, in addition to all that I've told you, the constant never ending will they or won't they question is just hovering around Robin and Juan. And that is, will they or will they not get engaged, get back together, marry, etc.? kind of like a less interesting Pam and Jim story. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's partially because in addition to constant cheating rumors floating around Juan, it kind of seems like he's just not into her anytime they're on camera together. Am I right? It blows my mind. And I've always been able to look at it with him kind of like he didn't want this attention and he's doing this for her. But then I think like, yeah, like David Foster. But then I remember what that storyline is and how- Catherine what's her face is here now thank you and her feet and uh, I'll never let that go from American Idol even though I cannot find the video and I think it's been scrubbed from the internet it's the same it's the same sort of thing where it's like or Kelsey Grammer like yeah maybe he's not that into you and he doesn't mind the camera but he's like I'm doing my thing and I'm out of here Yeah, because you kind of would show up a little, wouldn't you? And when you do at least play the part, I mean, he is so disinterested in her. Like sometimes it's just contempt. Like there's indifference and there's contempt and he he's in between. That's his spectrum. Like he's in between there at all times. It's it's really sad to watch. Um, Robin deserves better. And yet they continue throughout the show to say they will get engaged. It's a matter of time. But right now they're trying to, uh, you know, rebuild, rebuild. I feel like I'm saying that too much. <laughs> no, but, but they I say, think that's what they say. I, I think it is. And they say also that they're on the up and up financially and that they want to get out of this townhouse and build their dream home. So things do start stabilizing around 2019. And on the season five finale, another event happens that some would say was just as unlikely as the Maryland coach putting Earl Badu in that night. In 2002, Juan proposes to Robin. And just like Juan in Earl's game 17 years ago, the crowd goes wild. As you all know, uh, you know Robin, and I, Robin and I tried this once before. It, 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 it didn't work out. I was, I was, I'll put it on that I was young and dumb. I was young and dumb. All right. I appreciate you so much. Uh, and I want to try this for the second time. Will you marry me? I mean, he. I don't think he was in between, between contempt and no. Um, he seemed sincere. Indifference, but I mean, it was kind of like step above indifference and i like that he said that you are my rock you are my mountain which isn't every doesn't miley cyrus sing a song about that there's There's always always gonna gonna be be another another mountain yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
Robin, Ooh, you're one of many mountains along the way. Foreshadowing. Also, a mountain is like a massive obstacle to usually yeah, like where you're trying to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, you know, it's kind of like the basketball scene for me. I'm still a sucker for like a grand gesture and an engagement. Sure. Knowing everything I know about one, I can't help but be like, oh, true love prevails. <laughs> like, I want to so badly. It's more for me the way that women lose their totally. minds. Totally. Yes. Because that's Wendy. just a beautiful, like, I just love their joy. And I love uh, Giselle being like, get back, get back get out of their yeah. frame. Like, you know. <laughs> So that good. Was perfect. Um, also worth noting right after this clip, disgusting Michael Darby finds one and is like, bachelor party. Is that <laughs> in when he does Vegas. <laughs> yes. With his little creepy such a glass. Little, and, mm-hmm. He's such a villain. So Milky gross. Eyes. Yeah. And telling him, telling Juan, like, let's do your bachelor party in Vegas. Sir. No, Juan doesn't I need, need that. His, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Not from you. <sighs> not from you. So that was 2019. Okay. And... <laughs> At this time, Robin's embellished business is doing well. They even considered leasing a warehouse for inventory. See the picture behind me. Juan is now head coach, not at Maryland, but in Maryland, (laughs) at a college called Coppin State. And I don't think they're a standout team. Actually, I have no idea. Apologies. I will say I did not. I was not aware of them. I'm sure they are popular in their area, but I've heard of Maryland, but I have not heard of Coppin State. Yeah, I do think it's a smaller, it's probably not D1, I'm guessing. I'm Um, sure it's a great school. Yeah, go Coppin. (laughs) So um, it's a good job for one, and it's local, and things are looking bright for the Dixons now that they're engaged. However, now, instead of everyone saying, will Juan propose, everyone's saying, when is the wedding? Andy Cohen included. Well, it would take three years before their second nuptials, but I'm going to give a big allowance for the pandemic, which happened immediately after, but I don't think either of them were moving particularly quickly if they'd really wanted to get married during that time they could have done something at home intimate whatever yeah they didn't it's fine that's their choice another issue that was raised again most loudly by Andy was what about a prenup well they actually had one at their 2005 wedding but as we know they were broke as a joke when they got divorced so it was basically null and void but things are really different for Robin and Juan now. They've built wealth again. And a lot of it is because of Robin, which is different this time. Right. Now, there's also something Robin talks about in the current season um, called an infidelity clause, which I think we've heard about probably in other franchises. Yeah. Um, you know, basically making an allowance for a situation where one party cheats that they don't get the original stated award. It'll be different. Now, given their past, I'm a romantic, but I, I think a prenup with a clause for infidelity seems like a pretty solid idea. Yeah. Uh, Again, not a lawyer. So we see this whole conversation play out on the recent season, but I will not bury the lead here. Pretty sure he signed the prenup, but she didn't require the infidelity clause, which is too bad because another one cheating rumor surfaces and this one is substantiated and we learn occurred during COVID, but is more of an emotional text affair and Apparently they only met in person once. So maybe not a full blown affair. Maybe that's not the right way to talk about it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now I know we've all been completely absorbed in the scandal for a few weeks, but before that, this was really big news actually in the Bravo universe and an additional one-on-one with Robin got added to the Real Housewives of Potomac season seven reunion that happened early March. What timeline are we living in? Exactly. I was thinking today, I'm like, gosh, if there is one person excited about Raquel and Tom, it's Robin. <laughs> Cause no kidding. It got the eyes off them. 
big time. What we learn in the conversation with Andy, because he's basically like has this emergency session with her after the reunion, is that they dealt with this indiscretion, emotional affair, whatever you want to call it, privately and in premarital counseling. So Robin knew about it when she walked down the aisle the second time. It was something they were working on. And so her justification for not sharing it on the show that she's on, where she's supposed to share her life, was we dealt with it. It was over. It was like ancient history. And why would she voluntarily bring up this information? So a last clip. There's been a lot of clips. I want to play this so we can hear this in Robin's own words, because this becomes a huge issue. And Andy goes in pretty hard on her about her choice to not only not share it filming, but then to withhold it on her Patreon of her podcast, which is behind a paywall. So that last clip, you can go ahead and play. I would say, hey, guys, pick me. Let's talk about let's talk well, about my you're, issue. You're, the expectation is that you're sharing everything that's going on in your life. Right. So that's why. It's not about pick me, wait to be picked. It's, hey, we went through something, and this is what's happening in our lives. But it wasn't an issue at that moment while we were filming. If it was an issue but while it, it we were filming. it had been an issue in your relationship. Because it wasn't relevant to where we were in that present time. Another big criticism is you withhold you withhold the truth on the reality show that you're on, but then you sell it behind a paywall. <laughs> well, I talked about it on the free podcast. Okay, right? and then you said, and I didn't withhold. I didn't. <laughs> it's not about withholding information. It was because this information was given light last week or the week before. That's a, why you brought it blog. up now. Yeah. Okay. And because the lie, like the, the lie. I think that's that called the, withholding information. Well, Attorney uh, Williams? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm about the, the paper. So I'm here for the paywall. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and, <laughs> thank you. I'm a thank podcaster you. as well. I'm Andy. It. So okay. we got the bag. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Andy's dealing with her and how it all went down? I can see where he's irritated because sure. he's like, hey, we're giving you a paycheck and what do mm -hmm. we have to do? Just listen to you talk about your stupid podcast all the time. As somebody with a stupid podcast, I feel like <laughs> I can say this. <laughs> but, um, but her answer doesn't really make sense because timeline-wise, I'm sure she was filming during some of her therapy or something, maybe a different yeah. season. It's yeah. come up in her relationship. They just wanted to hide it understandably that they didn't want to talk about it but i don't i don't think it's not a good look i don't think but i understand not wanting to bring it up but it's already happened in your life so at this point or maybe yeah. it's like a shame on me the first Fool time me twice. yeah yeah yeah, thank yeah. You. That's so whatever one. that is i don't know no, all of that, but also um you know she was going after other people for these things oh and yeah that makes it very hypocritical Chris and a little and, gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's stay out of it. my bigger issue. But I do feel like Andy was really hard on her. And I also just feel like it's misplaced because Juan is just so absent. And it's like he did the bad thing. Right. I feel a little bit like she was having to answer for Absolutely. his wrongdoings. And I don't love that. Um, but the she's paywall thing is to, nonsense. Yeah. She's just not wanting to share it, but ultimately it's him. But like that first clip you had me look at showed, he's like, both of us are to blame for things in this relationship. Yeah. And I think she's taken that on because mm -hmm. why else would she stand for that? I don't know. And just knowing it would probably come out there, like this is so much worse than getting ahead of it. She could have really 
whatever created the narrative and like right came from a place of ahead of it, which I think would have been better, but I, I don't but know. But think about being on a season with those women. They're going to tear her to shreds. That's true. Like, that's I don't true. think she could win. I don't think she could win. No, you're right. You're right. Both are pretty tough places to be. And she landed in one of two pretty bad Maybe spots. Juan could just stop cheating on her. Or there's that. Yeah. yeah How about there's it? There's an option. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I posted something about that on our Instagram story. It was more related to Tom, but it applies broadly. Okay. So another headline broke about Juan and Robin that kind of didn't have that much follow again, thanks to the scandal, which is like covering everything yeah. in a haze of like WTF. So remember the job I told you that Juan landed at Coppin State, the really fine yes. school that we knew less about? Mm-hmm. Well, you might remember a couple months ago, there was a story coming out and this story was implicating Juan's colleague, assistant coach Lucian Brownlee. So in a terrible catfishing incident, Allegedly, this assistant coach posed as a woman online and engaged one of the student players on the team romantically and sexually. And there was extortion and pictures and blackmail, and it went on for a while. Juan's role in all of this is that he was notified by other people on the team, and I think the student, about these accusations against his colleague, but he failed to report them. So my understanding of this story was that it was a teammate thing. I never knew the other coach was who was implicated in doing this. It was a person of authority, which is, (gasps) I mean, which makes it so, so, so much worse. I think Juan has been named in the lawsuit brought by the student against the school and the assistant coach. Now, Andy asked about this as well at the reunion. I mean, Robin was in the hot seat at this reunion. And again, it's for Juan's actions. I find this really unfair. But of course he was working and he wasn't at the reunion. Oh, Juan's always working. Thank goodness always Juan Dixon isn't here working. right now. Juan Dixon's happy he's not here right now. <laughs> exactly. Robin says Juan didn't do anything and his name was only dragged into the story to get clicks on the headlines, which I think might be partially true that the, the headlines led with Juan's sure. name. But he was named in the lawsuit because he it's his colleague and he was informed of the incident. It's not like it wasn't completely random sure. or coincidental. And she's also right that Juan didn't do anything. It is his inaction that makes yeah. him culpable in the scenario. Not doing something is the wrong thing to not do, if you will. So since that reunion, in fact, this just happened, I think last week while I was in the throes of this story, right. the school investigated and because he failed to report and take proper action, they terminated his contract. Now, also to add this story had gone on for a while. So the student's very traumatized and it's his family and him that are bringing the lawsuit, as you could imagine. I mean, oh my gosh, what a thing to go through mentally. I, yeah, I can't even really, sorry. Like my brain's just not grasping what happened. And one, like, I'm sorry, Rebecca, think you're a wonderful person. Love you to death. But if somebody told me you were catfishing somebody, I would figure out who the president of podcasts were and I'd go right to them. I It yeah. could be Conan. I don't know who it is exactly, but I would go to them and I could rat you Steph out Shepherd. because yeah. that's messed up. As you should. Um, we can make a pact right now that the minute one of us starts catfishing, it's over. The rule is, yes, that's our yeah. number. The number one rule to be the number one girl in this group is no catfishing other people. Oh, I thought it was, you can't tell anyone about this group. Okay, but yeah, that. (laughs) Also bullying until the other person relents and watches your show. That's only fair. So there's three rules. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, perfect. 
So as if that battle isn't enough, the Dixons are still like just stuff is coming at them. Or is Juan bringing it on? Yeah. Not you TBD. Be that's yeah. This is really happening. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. However, this is over on Robin's side because so hold on, everyone. Eminem has entered the chat. He has gone and sued Robin and Giselle's podcast for trademark violation. Their podcast is called Reasonably Shady. And Eminem says that he owns fair use of the word shady in all usage and his powerful team of attorneys are going after the podcast hosts. Melissa, they started their podcast the same year we did. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm, uh, in May of 2021. We're older. Reasonably shady. Yeah. <laughs> so Giselle's like, we're not backing down and we trademarked our podcast name when we started. P.S. Let's add that to our list. Things to yeah. do. <laughs> and they feel confident they're going to prevail or that Eminem will drop the case. But I'm kind of hoping this plays out a little longer. <laughs> right. Wouldn't you love and to see Eminem like it just shows it says Marshall Mathers like <laughs> walking into versus. a courtroom or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giselle Bryant. Like. We need a money by Monday moment and a Twitter battle between them before this is resolved. So here's two pieces of information I'm going to bring to this week's episode. Number one, I've heard since the very first episode that Robin and Giselle on their show, Reasonably Shady, have been saying we should get Eminem on here about Shady. So it's not like they're ignorant to him having something to do with him being known as Shady or whatever, the real Slim Shady. But they have gone so far as to multiple times ask, like, put it out there for him to come on their podcast. Okay. And number two, Lil Shady, the daughter, has her own podcast. Eminem's daughter has a podcast. And I think it's called A A Little Bit Shady. Yeah, it is. It's such a cute name. And of course she can use it. So I have a feeling it's more like he's setting her up to use that that name because- Makes sense. You don't think a million people have done some kind of shady something. I feel like it's more he's wanting her to succeed with her podcast and it's a little too close, maybe. I love that theory. And I like that you chimed in about this because I didn't know that about them calling out Eminem in the show from the early days. Because now I'm going to go into a conspiracy theory that suggests Robin, who we know went to college and studied PR, maybe this was all a ploy to get Eminem to say the name of their podcast and get a lawsuit because we all know all press is good press. Like if somebody really high profile sues you for their name, like, yeah, I don't know. You might lose or you might have to change it, but think of all the headlines. Think about how many people are seeing the name of the podcast reasonably shady right now that never knew about it. Didn't know it was a thing. Right. Because in the world, in the real world, Eminem, you know, bigger than reasonably shady. So I, I'm that's, this is interesting. Okay. So listeners, let us know what you guys think. This is all very good information, but that is as of this present moment, unless something else happens with the Dixons, their story Oof. to date. And I'd like to know, after all that I shared today, what's your over under on them sticking out their marriage and living happily ever after? LOL. Here's one thing you need to know about me. I don't know anything about betting. So when people tell me over under, I'm like, unless I'm spinning something or, you know, like hitting jackpot, which I'm never going to get, I don't understand betting. So I you can't- just help you there. Totally exposed me as a complete fraud because I have no idea what that means, but it's always what, like I get texts from people that it's like, what's your over under on this? And I go, well, I think, and I don't say over yeah, yeah. or under or name no. a number. I just go, I think this is going to happen. Yeah. And it just seemed like a pithy way to end the show. So no, I'm I right love there it. with you. No judgment. I love it. But like, so just give I it just to me in words. people to know my, yeah, <laughs> not numbers, only words. Okay. So I 
think I think they're going to stay together. I don't really see yeah. at this point. They've built an entire life together. Maybe at least yeah. until the kids graduate because at this point they tolerate each other. Yeah. I, I mean, they've built stuff together. I can see like neither one of them want to start at the start it all over again at all. No, and what's the incentive for one? I think he's doing whatever he wants and going wherever he wants. So like what, what like why? Well, especially now he doesn't have a job. I know this is actually a little stressful. I mean, and I, and I also wonder what it does to Robin's position in the casting of season eight, because I know based on what happened in seven, there's been talks about demoting her, firing her. Right. Some people are like, she should be fired. I'm not really of that camp. I, I'm still ready to see more Robin. Yeah. Maybe she'll be a friend of, but I do wonder, cause she's going to need that salary more than ever. Oh, yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But um, that's just like a, portion of their life like there's more but this is what we focused on today and so yeah that's the dixons for better or for worse sickness and health that was great no and i learned so much i truly good. knew so other glad. pieces of things but not not definitely didn't know the whole story so thank you i'm i'm excited You're and everyone so loves welcome. when we get to do a real housewives story it's so true. that was great it's true i do too um but i am so ready to stop talking for a minute and i'm really ready to watch something new on TV, I'm hoping you can give. Oh, no, okay. okay. What are you watching? Here's, give me the, here's the thing. Since we last spoken, I've just doing comfort shows. So like comfort things that I've watched a million times. And me like too. I watched Vanderpump Rules. Me too. So like I can't give you that, right? So I was right. trying to figure out. This is not so much what I've watched. I've watched clips on TikTok today with the intention okay. of watching it, and I have watched okay. it before. Okay. Okay. All right. Police. Roku channel. Oof, I have no idea. I know, but season eight. Think of know. any show with police that was a Life comedy nope. on Comedy Central <laughs> Brooklyn years Nine -Nine? ago. No, okay. okay. Um, no, no, no. Take out Brooklyn Nine. How could it ever be on Roku? What a blasphemy thing to say. Um, Lieutenant Dangle. I don't know. City in Nevada. <laughs> Okay. What is it? Reno 911. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I don't know much about that at all. Okay. I don't know that I would suggest this one to you, but I love Reno 911. It's okay. partially improvised. Um, so like the situations are kind of set up, but they are all such incredible improvisers that it just goes way out of left field. Um, so it's, if you've never watched it before, it's these officers in Reno, Nevada. They're okay always really on the wrong side of the law, saying the most outlandish, crazy things. So you have to remember when this came out, there's a lot of stuff that you probably could not say now. So there's, you got to think of it with the times. But the new yeah, season sure. is called Reno 911 Defunded. And I've seen some <laughs> of the clips. And just, I That's laughed funny. so hard watching them cry when they found out the snack machine had been taken off. They're like, they're defunding us now. Like there's just so much... <laughs> In today's like world, just like uh, Officer Trudy, if you've watched her before, she like does these makeup videos on TikTok and stuff. So it's like all this current like stuff. Yeah, that zeitgeisty we're, things. It's so fun, and so I don't know. It's just one of those shows that it you can pick up and watch whenever because it's just fun and outrageous. But the personalities are great and. I just love so much that it's partially improvised. Yeah. And um, that's like a big, big catch. But it's been all over my feed and I didn't realize it started. They did the new season on Roku TV. So I didn't have that 
readily available to me. So I was just watching TikToks of it. But that's what I'm going to be watching. So I'm partially watching it and I'm going to watch it. And Jamie Lee Kurtz was on an episode. I didn't know that oh, this year. She's everywhere right now. She's everywhere. Um, no, that's really fun. And we are really simpatico this week because I too have not watched a show that I can report back on. I've been falling asleep to 30 Rock and old Vanderpump Rules. And it's just what I've needed. Sure. Work's been a lot. I was working on this episode, so I was watching some Potomac. Not able. There's a show that I really want to watch, but unlike you, I didn't even go to, I don't even, I didn't even watch clips. But I went to the movies. Okay. There you <laughs> so go. So I'm going to give you three clues to my movies. It's pretty easy. I think you'll get it. I think I might have even told you I was going to see this movie. Um, but the clues are, so I went to like the theater. It was so much fun. New York City franchise, Courtney Cox. Oh, Scream. Okay. Yes. I almost said the Creed. Scream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, I think there was a Creed reference in Scream. Really? That's not possible. It's possible. Not Creed the singer. We will never mention that No, again. no, no. It wasn't. The boxer. It was, yeah. Okay. I, wanna, I feel like it was in the movie. Yeah. Is there a game? I, no. Assassin's Creed. Maybe that's what it was. <sighs> the Venn How did you like Scream? <laughs> I loved it, actually. Really? Um, I haven't seen all of them. Like, so my daughter and I watched Scream 5 to prep to see 6, but I missed sure. 3, 4, and 5. So I watched Scream 1 back in the day, then 2, and then I just saw 5 at home, 6 in the theater. And I thought it was so much fun because it was set in New York, which was so different from all the others. Oh, and yeah. And it made it extra scary because there was a subway scene and a scene at a bodega, and it just felt a little close for comfort. Um, but I said franchise because one of the characters is like this movie buff, and she's in past versions of the movie and past iterations I don't know iterations um, of the movie yeah sure they talk about it like there's the sequel the prequel the requel and then the franchise and so this one's like we're the franchise so that's why I use that but um the gore does not bother me because it's so outlandish like yeah that's it helpful. doesn't feel you know what I mean so the suspense mm -hmm. was really good the writing was amazing uh Jenna Ortega is in it oh um it's Really, she's everywhere too. She's like Jamie Lee Curtis. Anyway, it was really good. I will, there is a show I really want to watch that everyone's talking about. Well, they were. I'm late, but I'm going to watch that. I'm not going to tell you because that'll be my next one. Okay, fair. So, well, I like that. I I haven't, yeah. I think I watched Scream 1. It kind of ruined my life just because be, because I was so scared of everything. It's scary, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a good whatever scary movie person, but I would yeah. wanted to watch more. And my daughter's really into the like suspense and scary stuff. So I should probably so try mine. it, but I'll have to try it during the day. I can't yeah. do it at night. And the theater was honestly, I was scared to do it in the dark theater, but um, the audience, largely high school, uh, was very raucous in the best way. Like they're okay. laughing and they're cheering and like jump scaring together. Like it was really fun seeing it with an audience. Oh, that's and cool. It was a it was a very lively audience, and um, I. But one point they were laughing during a very violent scene, and I like said to my daughter, "I'm like, why are they laughing?" And she was just like, "Mom, this is what people do." Like, I was so booming out of that movie. Yeah. Like, why is everyone laughing? This isn't funny. But it was just a stress reaction, I think. Okay. Yeah. But collectively, that would scare me as well. It terrified me. <laughs> I was like, "This is really like they're going to turn on us. <laughs> they're all going to stand up and come for us." No, yeah. fully. I, I I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that that sounds good though. 
It's good. Why don't you tell me what we're going to talk about next? Okay. I told Rebecca already, I decided on this five minutes before we started. It was not on my list, but I made sure to find enough information that I can do it. I am excited. Okay. Okay. Mine's probably going to cover a few people within this as well. So mine is TLC. So Rebecca, right off the bat, doesn't know. (laughs) Second is Kentucky. Oh, it's okay. not Brittany. It's not Brittany Cartwright. And the third is YouTube. Huh. So I feel like you might have thought you knew where I was going, but now yeah. you don't know where I'm going. Is it an influencer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it an anti-influencer? Of sorts. Of okay. sorts. Okay. Yeah. I definitely don't know. This is going to be so interesting. Maybe. <laughs> you might hate me after this. I'm excited. I think uh, some of our listeners will get it just because it's the TLC. What's the D'Amelio show on? It ain't the D'Amelio's. I'll tell you that much. I'm never doing the D'Amelio's. Okay. I just think they're like a YouTube fan. Kentucky. Well, I thought maybe they committed a crime in Kentucky or got in trouble in Kentucky. I don't know. They fly over Kentucky. They're not even stopping (laughs) there. They were staying at the resort I was in last year. Okay, bougie. fancy. Well, no, there was like a VIP section of this resort that we couldn't even go to. They were at that one. Uh, But my kids spotted them before I did. So crazy. Um, Okay, well, I shot my shot. (laughs) Speaking of basketball. (laughs) I don't think that's what it means in this case, but I'm going to let you go with it. I can't wait to hear. Thank you. I'm excited. And we should do this again in two weeks. What do you say? Let's do that. (laughs) Okay, that sounds good. I'm excited. So in the meantime, while Rebecca's trying to breathe, you can find us on Instagram mainly. Rebecca fairly runs consistently. Fairly. Most consistent is Instagram. Second place would be Facebook <laughs> because it pushes there, but please don't That's find right. us there. We'll never comment there. Third, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Fourth, Twitter. And I venture to say people don't even know we're there. There's like 10 people following us. I've tried tweeting, but it's a lot of rejection to see that no one (laughs) reacts to it. And some days I just can't. Some days my Zoloft isn't that strong and I can't do it. It's really reasonable. It's not reasonably shady. It's, hey, listen, maybe this is like a desperate cry for help. If you guys want to all follow us on Twitter tomorrow, you could really turn this thing around. Oh, no, don't. I mean, yes, do that. Watch our TikToks instead. Anti-marketing is probably not the way to go for this. We might have Eminem on our TikTok. Yeah, it worked for Giselle and Robin. Um, You can also check out our website, criminalityshow.com, where we do list all these shows that we talk about that we're watching so you can see them in one place where we sell merch. What? When we actually watch them. This week, we watched a movie and I am planning on watching the show. The rules are getting looser. Um, and you can always catch Melissa on Tuesdays on her other podcast, Moms and Mysteries. And you can learn more about what I'm up to on my website, RebeccaSebastian.com. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.